Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rebel Starbuck with you. And uh, Dylan Broda, my co-host, we're sitting here. It's actually not all that hot today, which is a damn good thing. Yeah, it's kind of like perfect studio weather right now. It's, what is it, like 18 or something, something I think was maybe high of, maybe 17 today. It was really fucking windy, though. Hot diggity damn. <laughs> you know, I don't mind. You know, the thing is that, uh, well, summer's here, but Finnish summer is not quite what you would expect summer to be. There's nothing we can do about that, but it is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we just had uh, a couple of big shows. Yeah, more this, big shows. Yeah, yeah, and more big shows. It's the summer of big shows once again. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Dominion. Yeah. In Osaka, Japan. And we had WWE's Super Letdown. Oh, sorry, Showdown. <laughs> super Showdown, Does... which was quite a letdown. Yeah, well. Uh, Did you see it? Yeah, I... Uh... I saw most of it anyway, and uh, it was hard to watch, to be honest with you. Um, nothing, well, you know, I can't blame the boys uh, and the gals because um, well, there, was, oh, there's no gals there. There were no gals. So, like, <laughs> what you talking about, boy? Can't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't blame those gals uh, since they weren't there. Uh-huh. But um, I heard uh, it was bloody hot. Uh, apparently, they uh, of course, they kept mentioning it through the broadcast, I guess, to, for an excuse as to this is why we're underperforming. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's an obvious out. You know? Uh, I'll tell you what. I've wrestled in, an ex- like, I don't know how how hot it was. 2008 in the summer. We're up in Tornio, Finland, right? Yeah. And, and it was like an outdoor festival event, and uh, the sun was beaming hot on the canvas. Okay, the canvas is blue, but... For whatever reason, it's just the material that it's made out of. Yeah. Right? The sun is just beating, bearing down on that thing. And when you took a bump, man, you didn't stay down because you couldn't. You could, you're you scorching. You're burning. Yeah. You're frying like an egg. It's just a frying pan there. It was, yeah. Jeez. And it was, you know, I remember that match. We, we went on top of 20 minutes. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And, and in that kind of heat, in that kind of weather, I mean, that's an arduous task. And, you know, we weren't sandbagging it. And, uh, okay, that was outside. This thing... This what? was still, I guess it was an open stadium. Okay, I think. it's an open stadium. But it was at right. night. Yeah, but still muggy, hot weather, I'm sure. So I can sympathize. Yeah, yeah. Right? Knowing that I, you know, I've been there before. You know, it's just one example, this one that I just talked about from yeah, 2008. Yeah. Uh, back in 2005, it was, or was it 2006? I was uh, wrestling in, in Italy. I forget the name of the place. Someplace in Italy where it was like mafia territory. Oh, yeah. Right? And it was an outdoor coliseum type of thing. Like, you know, those half circle coliseum, yeah. the old buildings. Yeah, yeah, cool. Right? And it was so damn hot. I mean, it's just the, the dressing room was sweltering. You're dying. Mm. Not only backstage, you're dying in the ring, too. And I wrestled Eric Isaacson from Norway oh, on yeah. that show. I won the, uh, the IC strap for, for IWS from him. And it was like at the end of the match, I'm just, I just couldn't, like, I wouldn't have wanted to continue a minute more. Wow, yeah. I, I was so dead. Well, there was a, I, I guess this is a, a lot of people are talking about the hydration drinks that they had there. Supposedly they were handing the, out these um, salt water-based hydration drinks that supposedly were just absolutely horrific. And it's kind of, <laughs> to me, it's pretty weird. Um, I I get it, you know, there, there's these hydration drinks for like those electrolytes and all that jazz and uh but 
you know, don't you have air conditioning in the locker room there? Isn't this like a pretty modern building and um, and don't they have Gatorade or some? I don't know, yeah, but uh, something uh. like uh, water at least, but so- salty, terrible tasting hydration drinks given out and supposedly as well the morale was really low. Mm. And um, that's what I hear. It translated into the matches because to me they almost every single match they phoned it in. This was oh, like yeah. mailed it in, phoned it oh. in. I don't know. They it's a house skyped show. it in or something. It, it, but, it's, a, uh, it's a house show. You know, it was like, but by the same token, if you look at the first Super Showdown, was it last year, right? I think it was. Was it this year or last year? The Super Showdown, I guess, last year was in Australia with that dash. And la- was it what they called the Saudi Arabian Oh, the Crown Jewel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Crown Jewel, but still, same place. Yeah. Right? I guess, yeah. It, no, it was. Okay, yeah. It was, right? The the, the Saudis. And uh, that was the show where you couldn't mention where you were holding the event. Right, right. right? Yeah. That was they that were one. always at the Crown Jewel. Yeah, they were just at the Crown Jewel. So anyway, uh, that event too, they phoned that one in too. It was a horrible, horrible pay-per-view. Yeah. I, I wonder, you, you can uh, maybe give, give a pretty good light on this. Traveling such a distance. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's got to be jet lag. Of course, there's got to be fatigue in, in all kinds of areas that you're not used to. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, for Resolade, now, the, the people that are flying in uh, for June 29th here in Rama, Finland, in, uh, you know, for the, for the big event here, the ones that are coming from either North America or then from Japan, right? Mm. I'm flying them in two days early. Because the thing is that out of respect, I've been there so many times where you need that two days just to recoup. Yeah. Right, just to catch up. And if you fly from like, like from another continent all the way here to Europe and you have like no time to stabilize yourself, you just step right into the ring. I mean, it's you become a hazard. I would I would think so. You, and I think you do. That, and that we saw it on on this super showdown oh, like yeah. a very blatant example of yeah, in the main event. Yeah. No less. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, we got all kinds of shizad happen in the wrestling world once again. It's uh, it's that time of the year when things are picking up. Business be picking up. Yeah. And uh, we got some some good stuff and not so good stuff. Dylan, what's what's in the uh, what's in the works? What, what's what's the dirt right now? Yeah. Well, I guess it's all revolving. I mean, the big talks are revolving around um, New Japan and WWE right now. And I guess they're uh, AEWs. You know, they never they make sure. I, I've noticed, um, which I think is is great, that they they release uh, bits and pieces like uh slowly mm. and they film stuff like bonus things mm-hmm. um you know from that double or nothing they're still releasing like uh extra footage really eh? yeah like the the footage that happened after um Moxley left you know oh yeah you know where they're trying to revive Kenny Omega it's actually it's good you know and I I get it for as a fan that's kind of stuff that you weren't there. You want to see, and yeah, you yeah. get close and personal and all that stuff, and right. hear the speech that they gave after the event. And well, that um, going with AEW first, um, that uh, they have announced now officially, Sean Spears, another Canadian, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, has officially mm-hmm. signed with AEW. Oh. So he is now officially there. Yeah, um, and he he's done. A few interviews. Uh, I guess he was not as uh, harsh as Moxley 
uh, with his criticisms of WWE, but he had the same same things that uh, the reasons why he left, and he he was one of the only guys that actually was granted his release. Really? Eh? Yeah, and the the he was granted his release, and like weirdly enough, his ninety day no compete clause ended the day before Double or Nothing. Really? So it, he was like, basically, he couldn't legally negotiate with AEW until that, like, day prior to Double or Nothing. You know, I'm sure that there was, you know, on uh, like, unofficial, you know, talks, so it was pretty in the bag or whatever, but legally, he couldn't do anything. Um, and that's the strangest thing that WWE knew mm-hmm. about Double or Nothing. They knew the date. They knew that if this, if they let Ty Dillinger go more than likely he'll end up there. But I'll tell you what, Ty Dillinger was never that big of a star for WWE. He wasn't, no. He, he was a mid-carder at best. Yeah, and I think that, uh, like, there's a lot of, like, um, I haven't, I hadn't seen that much uh, of his work to tell you, but he did some good stuff with AJ Styles. But then again, it's like, how can you not? You know, there's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to do. Well, that's it, yeah. So anyway, uh, neither here nor there, but he's uh, officially signed with AEW now he'll be on their roster. I don't know how exclusive the deal is, but he is all elite or however they go about it. I've heard now that uh, all of the talent that AEW is going to be signing, mm. that uh, they are exclusive 100% for AEW once you debut on television or in their broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, and you wrestle for them in front of a live audience, which is recorded and, and sent out and whatnot, you are off limits yeah. to other promoters. So they better have work lined up for these guys and mm. girls. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? Like, yeah. I mean, for you to sit at home and just collect the paycheck, I mean, I guess, you know, like you can do that too. Like, I, you know, maybe in some ways it can be equated to like what TNA did when they mm. had like, you know, Kurt Angle and Jeff yeah, Hardy yeah. and people like that. And the thing is that, you know, you had a few dates here and there inside of a month and those are just like TV dates. So you're not mm. doing house shows. Yeah. But still your talent's not really working anywhere else except maybe New Japan. But still, even in this case, I think they're 100% exclusive. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, like, we don't, uh, as far as the details of the TV, um, I guess it's not, nothing is really official as far mm-hmm. as I understand, but they have said that they will do two-hour live uh, touring show. Mm-hmm. It'll be a two-hour live touring show on most likely Tuesdays. And uh, is this is like, you know, they're mu- they must be doing other shows during the week. Mm-hmm. I have a, a sneaking suspicion that, uh, because it seems to work really well for them right now, that they they will promote themselves throughout uh, specific um, indies. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's not, that's just my speculation that, um, you know, that they'll let people or they'll use maybe the indies as their quote unquote house shows to kind of like do some surprise stuff and, and get maybe work on people's characters or some, something like that. But that's, I don't know. And then maybe they do, these smaller house shows, because um, we have this, the next official AEW event is this Fighter Fest mm-hmm. uh, coming up at this uh, CEO gaming convention. Mm-hmm. And um, this has been uh, now released that it will be free to watch, streamed from BR Live, mm-hmm. and uh, most likely Fight TV 
or a fight um, that that fight app mm-hmm. on the rest of the world, and I guess it's this um, whatever it is in in England that uh, that they're on, and it looks like they'll be ITV. ITV, yeah, right. Yeah. And then in Canada, it looks like they're still working at a deal with TSN. I don't know if that's official yet, but either way, it'll be streamed for free. You can watch it for free online anywhere in the world. And um, the only catch is you have to sign up for the BR Live app, which is free as well. But I guess then you're they're just that's a gimmick to get you so you get the app, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. whatever, neither here nor there, but. I guess that's to be expected. So people can't really complain about the jacked pay-per-view prices now. And um, matches on that show, it looks like the main event is uh, the elite six-man uh, team, or what the elite, uh, which is uh, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, in a six-man tag versus uh, Lucha Brothers and a mystery opponent. So uh-huh. I don't know. I actually have no speculation on who that could be. And then we have uh, John Moxley's first uh, AEW match, which is against um, uh, da, 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 should know his name Joey Janelli. So Janella, Janelli, Janelli, the belly. I said the belly welly of Joey Janelli, but uh, J- Joey Janella and uh, John Moxley. And to Janella's credit, he gave a pretty cool promo that you can watch on. Um, it's the Road to Fighter Fest that they're. I guess they're building now. Uh-huh. So, and it was a good, really good promo. And Moxley did a good promo against uh, uh, Janella or Janelli, as he's now known here. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, and then the John Moxley news. Well, we'll segue over to New Japan. Uh-huh. Is that John Moxley has announced that he wants to be part of this G One tournament? Well, there In you go. New Japan. Uh, he had a. A uh, as a lot of people thought, as well as myself, a strange match. It was the opening match against a young lion, Shoto Umino, which is the son of that uh, Red Shoes referee, their mm-hmm. senior official. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shoto tried hard and got the shizat kicked right out of him. And uh, Moxley had a you know that kind of Moxley match where he, I guess, just. Uh, was really stiff, and he even like fish hooked him, and you know gave him some color and through his mouth with this fish hook stuff. It was pretty really this kind of nasty violence. But uh, well, after the, yeah, have you seen his new T-shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unscripted mocks violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, I speaking guess. of unscripted, I heard that the AEW promotion is now going to be letting their talent just basically do their own promos, like, unscripted, just give them their bullet points, mm. you know, what the message you got to get across, then and say it in your own words. Yeah. Now, if that's true, I think it's smart. Yeah, because the thing too. is, then it gives you organic, like, how could you say, it gives you the chance to get over organically. Yeah. Your, your personality, your yeah, character. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, so I think a lot of guys that were restricted, let's say uh, guys like Ty Dillinger in WWE now with with his new Sean Spears persona, if he can just talk, if he, if he knows how to talk, don't remember him really cutting promos, but if he can talk, now's the chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, they did a vignette or whatever, a little promo, promo kind of video uh, on him doing like... Uh, you know, never give up style idea um, thing. There, it was produced by Cody Rhodes and blah blah blah. But uh, it looked it looked really good, sounded good. So you know, I'm excited to see what he gives, and I uh, hope that it's good. But uh, yeah, I guess um, 
we'll just jump quick into this New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion event and give a a little bit of a info about what happened there because it was a lot of a lot actually they crammed a lot of stuff a lot of uh, announcements and things into this show mm. wrestling wise um the last basically the last 3 uh matches were out of this world mm-hmm. um and a lot of people not so keen on the Jericho match but I uh, I think that they just don't understand it uh, unfortunately but uh they it's hard you know we were talking before that uh, if you're going to follow a you know junior heavyweight title match with mm-hmm. Will Ospreay and Dragon Lee between that, two guys that are relatively uh how could you say um like healthy young and healthy yeah yeah i, I mean Osprey, i heard is not all that healthy but i mean he is young yeah. so but still i mean the thing is that uh you know there's this thing in our business called the wrestler walk mm. have, have you heard of this before i well i've seen it <laughs> yeah it's it, it's a certain kind of a gate in your walk that comes from pain mm. right and uh when your body really hurts yeah and, these young guys, you don't feel it when you're all that young because the thing is your body can, it can recoup pretty fast, you know, mm. especially if you're using a bit of juice, you know, and uh, doing the supplements, eat, right, right. saying your prayers, eating your vitamins or mm. whatever, you know, yep. like the Hulkster urged you to do back in the day. <laughs> didn't tell you what vitamins they No, were. didn't tell you what vitamins, it was Vitamin none, of your da- none of your damn business, <laughs> right? So anyway... Uh, yeah, so if, if you're like 20, 25, 30 even, you know, you can still get away pretty much with murder. Mm. But as soon as father time starts kicking your ass, let me tell you something, man. There's so many of these young pups who don't know a damn thing. You know, it's like when you're young, you think that like your parents don't know a damn thing, right? Mm. You, you, you think that, ah, my old man, my dad, he doesn't, you know, he's just, he's He's getting on my case about this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. He, what does he know about life and about being young? Mm. Well, you stupid son of a dumbass bitch. <laughs> Why do you think your father's able to tell you this? You think he wasn't your age at some point? You think his memory's gone already by the time he's like in his 40s, 50s? Give me a break that your father knows because he's been there, son. He's done that shit before. He knows what to warn you about. And that's what I realized in my life is that, you know, when I was younger, Sometimes I'd think that my dad and, you know, he was being pretty overbearing, some of the stuff that he would say. And as I got older, man, I realized he was right about everything, about abso-fucking-lutely everything. Mm. And that's where, you know, it's pretty humbling. It's pretty, uh, it's an eye-opener. Yeah. And and that's where a lot of these wrestling fans, they watch these matches and they see these young guys that can just go for broke and they're like in the, between the t- ages of 20 and 30. Mm, you know, yeah, most of the yeah. young ones, right? They are. That's what WWE is looking for too. Guys, of course. generally in girls between the age of 20 and 30. So when you find one of them, they're a keeper for about 10 years before they start to break down. You can do that grueling schedule. You can bust your arse. You can do everything under the sun. And, you know, you'd still come back from an injury fairly quick unless it's super severe. Yeah. That's true. But wait until you're Jericho's age. Jericho's age, my age, whatever. You know, you're you're on top of 45, you're 46, 47, 48, nearing 50. Yeah. They're, you know, and we're going to get into this later, but Undertaker and Bill Goldberg, both guys over the age of 50. Yeah. And people are going hard on them for, like, having the match that they had. But guess what, you mother huggers? Mm. Unless you understand that human physiology, the body changes with age. It doesn't mean you're no good no more. It just means it's different. 
Yeah. You wrestle differently, right? Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger just retired. The guy's... He's, he's on his retirement tour. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So I, I, is, I, I, I'm considering him retired already yeah. because he's on the retirement tour. Yeah, yeah, so, of course. Because he's already announced it. But I'm just saying that you're looking at a guy like Jushin Liger, you know, and he's well on top of 50. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you look at a guy like Keiji Muto. Oh, right? yeah. Right. You know, one of my all-time favorites. He was just uh, in Impact. They did The yeah. Night You Can't Missed with uh, Keiji Muto. Oh, the there you Muto. go. There you go. Teaming with Tommy Dreamer, I think, and... Uh, was it Billy Gunn? Anyway, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's it. And and the thing is, you got these guys who are you know in their middle age. And the thing that you can't buy when you're younger mm. is you can't buy experience. And everybody in every single field out there, whether it's rock and roll, whether it's Metallica now, these guys are over fifty years old and they're still packing the stadiums. Mm. And the younger pups are having trouble filling you know, a club of uh, 1,000 people. True. So the thing is that you can't buy what experience brings you, Mm. right? And that's why a guy like Jericho can still navigate his piece of business and still go into the main event at the age of 48. Yeah. And get away with it. And, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I'll get back to the card in a sec, but uh, that Jericho match was very entertaining, and it could, it had didn't matter who was actually in that match, but it, it could not have been an athletic show of um, stamina. You know, it, it couldn't no, have been that no, no, because no, no. it it would it would be too much because you. That's had... not the story. That's not the purpose. No, no. Think, think of the elements that are brought to the table. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, right? If you bring Rey Mysterio, I, mean, I know we're getting a bit off track from yeah. the New Japan thing, but I'm just going to just cross parallel here. Yeah. You take a guy like Rey Mysterio, who you know what to expect, right? It's like going to McDonald's and you're mm. buying uh, a Big Mac. Sure. Now, you know what a Big Mac's supposed to taste like because you bought it before, you've enjoyed mm. it, and it's it's like it's a staple. It's a classic. So if you, if your Big Mac all of a sudden tastes like kebab, you're, you know what you're going to do is you're going to bring that back to the counter. You're going to say, excuse me, mm. but there's something wrong with my burger. Yeah, yeah. Can I have another one, please? Mm. I want a Big Mac. Yeah, yeah. That's what I ordered. That's what I paid for. So if you've got a guy like Rey Mysterio and he goes into a match and he doesn't produce what you expect him to produce, right? Yeah. Then you have a problem. He gives you a kebab. Yeah, he get, when he gives you kebab. You want a taco, but you get a kebab. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. You understood. Yeah, yeah. Right? Now, if you think of what Jericho brings to the table at this point in the game, being 48... And being who he is and, and being that he's changed his style. He is visually and he has like obviously changed his approach and his style. You he's educating you in what to expect now. He's like if he pops out that uh lion salt still, yeah. It's a surprise. Mm. It's not to be expected anymore. Yeah. It's a surprise. It's the same thing with Keiji Muto popping off with double knee surgery and with hip surgery, whatever he has. Popping off another moonsault off the top rope. If he does it, don't expect it from him. Yeah. It's a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. And uh, that's why, and I really like the finish of that match too. And um, to me, it was exciting and uh, had so much character. It was in in that way frustrating in a good way, you know, that you're mm-hmm. getting these emotions and, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I thought Okada did an amazing job, like that uh, he upped his game in terms of the facial expressions and the character. You know, you could see the frustration on his face and um, mm-hmm. even, well, anyway, that, that match, uh, I think it 
people haven't given it enough credit. And I think it's just because people expect, like you said, they expect a Big Mac in that way where, you know, we talked about it even uh, with Rip Rogers a bit, that uh, people expect pro wrestling matches to look too good, to look too perfect, and those flat bumps and everything like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, a real fight is never like that. Yeah, and... um, Yeah. well, now let's move back, like in reverse on the card. So that was a uh, Jericho and uh, and um, Okada. Okada, and uh, then we had uh, before that, which you know, which was a very hard act to follow. Doesn't matter who you are, and was uh, Naito versus uh, uh, Kota Ibushi for the IC strap, and uh, Naito ends up uh, winning it off of Ibushi. But that match. Um, they went hard as you could possibly go. They literally nearly uh, murdered each other. And a lot of people are very, you know, a lot of people liked the match, but they were very uncomfortable mm. with the spots. A lot of neck uh, heavy, oh, yeah. you know, stuff with that German suplex off the ape, uh, kind of like onto the apron. But like, you know, it just, it uh, Ibushi's neck basically caught Crimped. it. And Crimped. just just yeah. looked... Um, very made you really squeamish and, and all that, but um, but they the the storytelling there was was you know great, uh, and this is the thing that nearing the end of that match, a lot of I read a lot of reviews saying they got really sloppy, mm. you know that when they were picking each other up, their legs were kind of shaken and they couldn't what pick each other. What the hell up. do you expect? You they probably had nerve damage. Yeah, well, <laughs> the thing is as well, you're going what twenty? I don't know how long the match was, but. You know, pretty long, long ass match, mm. and here's guys who are exhausted, who've got their heads bashed in. Mm-hmm. And to me, uh, to me, it's next level stuff when, when you, you know, when you're in a, a like a, a video game, let's say, and your mm. character has very low power or whatever, mm-hmm. but you could still shoot your fireball no problem. But in real life, you'd probably have a hard time doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, especially at that point in the fight, and uh, so. You know, I like I like it if they you know try to they get sloppy in the end as long as they're safe. I mean, these guys I don't know if you call that safe, but at least they're you know in it together and they're shaking each other's hands and all that stuff. In probably beforehand saying, okay, you know, just give it to me. But um, but it was a one hell of a match that's for sure. Very dangerous, and I don't know if if anybody would really wish guys would do that more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, because we'd have less wrestlers in the world then. Well, the thing is, Jake the Snake once said something about progressive selling, mm. right? It's, and without getting into it any more than that, I, the thing is, you know, I think our business has been prostituted to the point where it's like it's been given away and it's yeah. been trampled and it's been disrespected, you know, to, to the umpteenth degree. So I don't think I need to get into the aspect of what selling is, but the thing is that um, still it's progressive. If you start out fresh as a daisy, and if after 20 minutes, I don't even after 15, even after 10, if you're still as fresh as you were in the beginning, you know what you just told me? Mm. That it's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, right? Uh, if you are exhausted after 30 minutes, after 20 minutes, whatever, and you, you, you got like signs of wear and tear, and you feel like, you know, the people can actually feel your, your exhaustion, your angst, they can feel the... Uh, the lactic acid burning. Yeah. That's when you've been able to exude emotion. There's something that Dustin Rhodes wrote 
on Twitter after this all what the, the what, not all in but after um double, double or nothing yeah double yeah. or nothing yeah he said that uh master emotion and the world is yours M- more or less this was the idea now the thing is that and you know he took it from one of the greatest uh, storytellers of all time Dusty Rhodes's father yeah. right yeah, so yeah. the thing is that if you can if you can make people feel number one thing if you can make them feel you can win over Rome and if you win over Rome, even the emperor cannot touch you. This is from Gladiator, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, and it's very true in pro wrestling. Now, the thing is that you can have all these guys who can do all the flips in the world that they want, but if they can't make you feel, like on that level, like care about them as a personality, as a character, as a as a piece of talent, that, that you have a deep, how could you say, like some kind of affinity towards them. You know, mm. yeah. Uh, I don't care how ricochetish they might be; mm. they're just gonna be like a flash in the pan. It's just gonna be like wow, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. It's, it won't go beyond the wow. Mm. But when they touch you on the level of a guy like John Cena, when you when you listen to his words, and there's something in, yeah. in his in the way that he delivers his speech, and he makes you feel that you know that's something. Yeah, yeah. It's like he doesn't do all the flips and the flops, but the thing is the people in they're, they're more immersed in his match because that they can buy into his persona. Mm. Therefore, he masters emotion. Totally. I hear you. I mean, I, I was never big into John Cena, but I totally got the mm-hmm. the hype around him, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um but uh again with I guess of course New Japan is a, is a slightly different style, you know, but you still need charisma oh yeah you know you don't get too much too much of a chance to grab the mic and just have a speech in the in the middle of the ring you know pretty much unless you are in the main event and win the win the main event Mm -hmm. um but you get your backstage promos which uh, i i think that more people should really watch those because there's a lot of great stuff that happens there and it's all guys are pumped with adrenaline they just had their match they walk backstage and they gotta say something yeah, and uh, a lot of the times that's where magic happens, you know. But this uh, Naito and uh, Ibushi match was pretty incredible. I mean, there was really great storytelling, uh, I thought. Anyway, they mm-hmm. channeled, you know, even Shinsuke Nakamura there, and which is a big Ibushi, one of his gods or or whatnot, and um, mm-hmm. really good, very very dangerous. I, I would challenge anybody to show me much more of a dangerous match in these last few years than unnecessarily so yeah i mean of course to those guys it's necessary but man i don't know i can't uh, say that it it would be for me they could have taken a lot of stuff out of there or done it in a much less dangerous fashion but well, put it this way once you're the the discs in your neck start to degenerate uh, with age yeah you know and the body breaks down with age it's just uh, the law of life you're going to regret doing all that stupid shiz at. Mm. And this is, it, it honestly is, it's it's incredible to watch. I mean, I saw it too. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's completely unnecessary. And that's something that I remember, I think it was Jerry Lawler or somebody back in the day said that, uh, you, know, if, you know, if you know how to work, it's like all of this stuff is just completely unnecessary. Mm. You know, you can get away with just headlocks, wrist locks. And, you know, if you know how to, how to make that mean something. And what, when I say mean something, if you know how to tell a story. Now, if you get a WWE tryout 
You know who the guy is, the big, the, the head honcho on the tryouts? You know who it is? I can't, is it Norman Smiley or something? Well, I it's can't... been William Regal for ah, the longest right. time, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, the most common thing that Regal will tell you, from, from what I'm told, mm. from the guys that have been there, is he'll tell you, tell me a story. Mm. He's going to put two guys randomly into the ring to do your tryout match, and then it Tell me a story. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you can do as far as like all the flips and the flops and the high spots. If you can't make them mean anything, you're not worth a damn thing. You're yeah. not worth a shiz yeah. Right? That's true. And that's the whole thing. That's the, that's everything. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing about pro wrestling in my opinion. Yeah. And, and that's where like now Ibushi, I mean, hell of an athlete, unnecessarily coming down on his head though. He's going to be regretting that in about 10 years' time, at the latest. If he's still alive. Yeah, at the latest, 10 years' time. He's going to be really, really like, I, I did some stupid shizab back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and even earlier, of course. <laughs> yeah. So so the thing is that, uh, yeah. What The other matches on this card. Yeah, well, uh, the one, uh, uh, I guess, um, previous to that was then this... Uh, it got uh, five stars from Dan Feltzer or whatever that guy's name is. Um, Dave uh, Mizeltzer. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, but um, anyway, but it was uh, it was worth it. Uh, at least you know it 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 was a incredible match. Uh, Will Osprey uh, wins the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title from Dragon Lee. Hmm. Just incredible. It was a it was one of the best. I, I guess this wasn't. Uh, it was shy of the um, best of Super Juniors finals of Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay by mm. uh, three quarters of a star or something like that. But anyway, uh, this was incredible. There was some spots that were unbelievable that people could pull them off. I guess the big one that everybody talks about, and there's gifts and things, mm. where uh, Ospreay had been propped up on the announced table and... Um, Dragon Lee did a tope or suicide dive, uh, just rocketed, didn't touch the ropes, whatever. He, I guess that was the danger there, but blasted him, you know, long dart himself and hit, uh, and they just went crashing over, and it was it was incredible to see. Mm-hmm. But very good match. Osprey is just the, the king of selling, in my opinion, and a lot of people have said that he's obtained this uh, status of best all-around wrestler in the world. You know that's a very subjective opinion, but uh, at least I I can say that he is really good. Um, he's of course physically gifted, mm-hmm. very talented, and he makes you believe what's going on like, that you know that that he's uh, in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm I was all for it, and uh, it was definitely much safer than uh, an Osprey match, and especially that Ibushi-Naito match. It was really safe mm-hmm. if you, you know, other than they're, they're doing pretty nutty stuff. And Dragon mm-hmm. Lee's coming off uh, just over a year ago or so when he uh, accidentally broke the neck of uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Oh, yeah, that was that one, yeah. Yeah, and uh, with a, a lot of people said unnecessary. It was... I know the move as a Steenalizer. Kevin Steen, uh, Kevin Owens used to do it in the indies, and it's kind of a really uh, package, some kind of weird um, fisherman suplex thing. But it's 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 dangerous. Mm-hmm. Of course, it broke somebody's neck who has yet to return. But anyway, um, really good match. Uh, that's definitely one. If, if anybody's going to watch this pay-per-view, you know, 
watch this match for sure as as well as the the those last three matches for sure you have to watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then the big story out of this one as well is that Osprey went in the back and did his promo and said he is the best in the world. Uh, he's the best junior heavyweight in the world, and he wants. So he's the best of Super Juniors tournament winner. He's uh, he is the title holder, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, and he wants to be the winner of the G1 as a heavyweight tournament. But he is asking to be involved in there, and he dares New Japan to put him in the G1. Mm-hmm. What's the weight limit on that G1? Uh, it's a heavyweight thing, so uh, let's look. I'll look it up, but. Um, any other matches on this show that were noteworthy, in your opinion? Uh, let me just... Uh, well, I mean, um, the uh, the heavyweight tag team match was uh, kind of a... It just shows the lack of tag teams that New Japan has. It was Gorillas of Destiny from the Bullet Club versus uh, Los Ingrenables uh, de Japón, which is Evil and Sonata. And they everybody's great, you know. Mm. They work together really well. This match was fine. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's been seen so many times and it just show. it seems to actually, what this match was is all about the story. And it seems as though Los Ingernables, this, this faction in Japan is most likely going to be splitting somehow. It looks like Sonata, your buddy mm. is, um, he walked out, right? Well, there was something there where I guess he was pretty, he's got that kind of really stone, uh, Dean Malenko-ish face on him, you know, uh, in that way. After the matches, you, you can hardly tell what he's thinking kind of thing, but in, I guess that's part of his deal, and mm-hmm. he just kind of, I guess, frustrated with his partner taking the loss. So, anyway, that, but it was good, you know, it was a good match, a good tag team match, but you've just seen it so many times. There was the never-open-weight, uh, ta- uh, never-open-weight uh, belt, which was held by... Um, Tai Chi, mm-hmm. which is a really odd character. Anyway, he's in the Suzuki Goon, and he was uh, he lost it to uh, Ishii and Tomohiro Ishii, and uh, it was a is a strong style match. That both guys just clubbed the shit out of each other. Shizat, <laughs> and uh, it was good. If you want New Japan classic strong style, that is it. And uh, uh, Tai Chi is like he's got this weird character of a lip syncing pop star you know has the comes out with a microphone that's not plugged in whatsoever Mm -hmm. in any way shape or form and uh very heelish but um actually there's a great moment at the beginning where he's doing his lip syncing to his to his uh entrance music Mm -hmm. and getting right in the face or i think that's what it was anyway getting right in the face of ishii Mm -hmm. and then ishii just like whacked him and just like looked like he legit knocked him right out, you know, as he was taunting him or whatever. Just because Ishii's got this no bullshit Shizat kind of uh, persona. Good match, definitely a, a watcher if you mm-hmm. if you want to see uh, actual proper strong style. And I guess one of the big news items coming out of this Dominion show is that uh, Kenta is yes. back, and not for Noah this time. Now he's in New Japan, so the former. NXT star. Hideo Itami. Hideo Itami, yeah, no longer. He did a New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling podcast in English interview Mm -hmm. uh, that they just posted. and It's a very short one, Mm -hmm. but he did it in English. I was surprised his English is pretty good. Yeah. I guess he would have been working on it. But um, he he said uh, he is no longer that stupid Hideo Itami. He's now Kenta, and he wants to 
you know, like kick Moxley's ass in the G1. So he wants to be in this G1 mm-hmm. as well. And that was the big story the whole night. Everybody wants to be in the G1. Well, that's that's how you make it important. Is like it's like the the same thing with like world titles or heavyweight championships, whatnot. That if everybody is gunning for the champ, not just one guy, right? Not yeah. Per program, but if if you make it important that this is the big belt, this is the one that you want to win, then you put the focus on the belt. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that's the ultimate prize to be had. So I think it's smart that the G one. They're all gunning to be in this tournament. They're making a big deal out of it. Yeah. And it should be. It's it's a heritage. That entire G1. I think so, it's, yeah. It's been going for almost 30 years, right? Yeah, this is the 29th yeah. ed, uh, iteration. So That's it. You know, it's a, it was a, it's a, it is a big deal, and I love that tournament a lot. It's it just, it's every night is, pay, is like high-end pay-per-view matches. Um, but rest of the show was a very much story uh, progression stuff. Tanahashi... Um, was teaming with um, Juice Robinson and um, Taguchi uh, against the Bullet Club, Switchblade, Jay White, um, Chase Owens, and Taiji Shimori. And it was basically this whole thing was uh, Tanahashi's uh, character, his injuries that are really plaguing him against Jay White, taking it to him. And you're seeing this very dramatic character change of uh, Juice Robinson. He's going very much, he doesn't, give a shiz at kind of he's really suffering hard from this loss of John Moxley uh, to John Moxley and then uh, that this is what these six men and multi-man tags do in New Japan they don't do those vignettes backstage you know mm-hmm. talking nobody does the like I said talking in the ring they try to tell the character uh, story through these matches which I, I like a lot at least how New Japan does it we had then uh, Liger, Jushin Thunder Liger, teaming with um, uh, Yoshihashi, who's very much a charisma vacuum. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but and that because Yoshihashi is going up against um, Zack Saber Jr. Mm-hmm. and uh, they're really pushing this um, Jushin Thunder Liger against Minoru Suzuki. They have been having this basically brawling uh, disagreement for a very long time. So that's progressing those things. Uh, and it was it was good, you know, and uh, then we had uh, this battle of the lariats. Who's the better lariater or whatever? But Shingo Takagi, who's now seems to be moving up to heavyweight. I guess it's about time because the guy's a huge dude anyway, and they had him in the best of super juniors. Um, and uh, Satoshi uh, Kojima, who has this like cozy lariat, he's had the best lariat in the world kind of dude, and. Um, that was, uh, they gave uh, Shingo the win, which was, I guess, that kind of a nod that he's the going for the future stardom. Mm-hmm. And he said as well, he wants in the G1. So, and again, like I said before that, the opener was Moxley and uh, Umino. And after the match, actually, Moxley said, yeah, he wants in the G1. And Umino was like, just laid out, like didn't move. He was just literally knocked unconscious the way... It went down, and Moxley went back into the ring, and the whole crowd was like, oh, my God, he's just going to pulverize him. Yeah. He ends up, like, picking him up, draping him over his shoulders, and helping him to the back. Mm-hmm. And the people were just loving it. They mm-hmm. they loved that stuff. You know, this shock that, oh, he's actually showing respect for his opponent. Mm-hmm. At the end of the match, he went to do the backstage promo, says, yeah, he wants in the G1, and he's this is his new buddy, you know, that's going to dr- drive him around. And, you know, he's basically 
His young boy. Yeah, he's he's taken his young boy. Uh, this is his now, his buddy, and he kept like letting him go, you know, letting him stand mm-hmm. on his own, and he would just drop to the floor, and he's like saying, "He's like, are you are you down again, man? You know, come yeah. on, let's go, let's get our, let's get ourselves up here, or whatever." So, kind of taking him under his wing, uh-huh. and I, I think it's cool. I, I like that idea, and uh, it seems like they're pushing that show to Umino, and hopefully, he, see, he seems really good. He had a good showing against Tanahashi, but but that was Dominion in a nutshell, I guess, and it was a really good show. The, I guess the one of the big shows that New Japan has, if not the second biggest, maybe that uh, final G1 is the uh, is the second biggest or roughly around the same. But Osaka Joe Hall, pretty big place. It was sold out immediately when it mm. was uh, announced. And uh, But here's the thing. Uh, coming out of this, the last point before we go to our little break, is that uh, the first, the kickoff G1 show is in um the event is in dallas texas at the Mm -hmm. american airlines center which holds hell of a lot of people Mm -hmm. they haven't opened up all of the seats in there which uh is close to twenty thousand or something like that but they they have been plagued with bad ticket sales a lot of people have blamed that the that this aew business is the thing that's harming them so but they hadn't announced, uh, other than o- Okada, I think Tanahashi and Jay White and Ibushi would be at the show. But they mm-hmm. haven't announced anybody. This Sunday, I think they're announcing who is going to be in the G1 and the and the uh, match, the main match structure. So if you have John Moxley now there, you have Kenta now in the G1, you have, you know, these other New Japan, uh, um, Shingo Takagi and... Um, and Will Ospreay possibly, and mm-hmm. you know Jericho did the tease of the you know Chris mm-hmm. Giwanico or whatever. He probably won't be there, but he's at least teasing it, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully they sell, uh, they sell it out, or at least they sell the tickets that they put available, which maybe is like six thousand or you know eight thousand or so. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, uh, hopefully this gives them that little push because uh, then after that they have the. Super J Cup, which is a uh, almost every three years they do this tournament. This is produced by Jushin Thunder Liger for New Japan, and they are going to do the entire tournament in the United States. The really, first first time ever it's not been in Japan, and first time ever I think they've done an actual tournament other than like one one off or whatever outside of Japan. So wow, that's that's impressive. Super J Cup, which was has been won, I believe, by Chris Benoit, the Wild Pegasus, oh, yeah. and uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, of course, and I think Eddie Guerrero, yeah, Black Tiger, yeah. And so mm-hmm. it, this is a pretty prestigious thing. It's it's a it's a best in the world deal. So that's hopefully gonna uh, pop their um, their business, yeah, in business the, in the old uh, United States, but. Uh, yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling is uh, doing really well. AEW is doing really well, and we're going to talk about that super, what did you call it? Letdown. <laughs> the super letdown. Dang it. The super let uh, showdown uh, after a word from our sponsors. On June 29th in Rama, Finland, it's the biggest international pro wrestling super show in the Nordics of Europe. Wrestlers from 10 different countries in eight big matches featuring Matt Cross from the USA, Yoshihiro Tajiri from Japan, Sadie Gibbs from England, Jörn Simmons from Holland, Ivelisse from Puerto Rico, Scotty Davis from Ireland, Starbuck from Canada, Heimo the Wildman Ukonselka from Finland, and Mako Satomura from Japan. 
Part of ticket proceeds will go to the Finnish Muscular Dystrophy Foundation. Lihas Tautilito. Be a part of the biggest international pro wrestling super event in Northern Europe this summer. Tickets now available through Ticketmaster Finland. Get yours today! Skip is the oldest sports supplement brand out of Europe since the 1970s. Engineered by professors, doctors, and scientists at Sweden's leading medical university, Karolinska Institute, Skip products are pharmaceutical grade, meaning that they are the highest quality available on the market today. Meaning they work. If you're after results, you wouldn't put low-octane gas in a turbocharged high-end sports car engine, would you? Neither would you put junk-quality supplements into your body as an athlete. All Skip products are first tested amongst top athletes to ensure their efficiency. Choose the best. Skip Nutrition. That's skip.fi. S-K-I-P dot F-I. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, WWE just had their super showdown in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And this is all over the internet right now. People are just, they're, they're, go, they're coming down hard on this show. And, and for yeah. good reason. I mean, the thing is, it was by and large a house show. Uh, they built it up, though, before the event to be bigger than WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. And boy, was that ever Maybe Made, made, made the more mistake. money. It yeah, made yeah. them more money than WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm sure maybe in that way. But the thing is that uh, as a card and as an event, uh, okay, the heat, as we said at the beginning of this broadcast, was was pretty. It was pretty severe. You know, on top yeah. of 100 Fahrenheit. What is that in Celsius? Uh, it's a lot, it's, it's, right? And I'm sure so, the humidity was 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 nothing to shake a stick at. Well, there you go. So the guys, you know, they're you're, you're sweating bullets. And uh, the air is hot. You can't breathe right. It's about around. They were around forty degrees. Celsius. Okay, so forty degrees. Wow. So at th- night. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So plus the mugginess. I mean, it was much the same in Pakistan, though. A couple of years ago, mm. I was in Pakistan, and man, it was hot too there. Yeah, it was. Don't and, doubt they, it. and they were outdoor stadiums too, right? So yeah. Well, anyway, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, WWE. I heard a half. An arena, so whatever the stadium, half a stadium, so it was like pretty scary, empty at some point. I think Lance Storm, my old coach, yeah, somebody, I think it was him. Anyway, on Twitter they said that uh, yeah, it looks pretty scary right now. It's like that's really looking empty. But once the darkness set in, I'm sure that you can't tell the difference. Um, yeah, and they they lit that place up. But uh, this time, I saw a woman in the audience. Oh yeah. Yeah, and see, last time, last year, I didn't see woman in the audience. So something did change in the last year that uh, maybe politically or maybe some pressure also from WWE. That, Listen, guys, you've got to have some concessions, you know, mm-hmm. also from our end here that, uh, you know, it's got to look good in front of the world. Yeah, they, I don't know. I remember them doing some, like, uh, like outside of the event interviews with uh, with some... I guess attendees, and they had they had interviewed a lot of women. Yeah, you know, of course, when you looked in the crowd, there was were those women actually there, or were they plants? You know, just to, they, they were here and there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, there were a lot of women talking about, you know, how they were so excited to go see pro wrestling or whatever. And uh, but yeah, 
that is a touchy issue for for this whole this whole situation that they're they are facing a lot of that kind of flack and uh, i guess attempting to uh, shake it off with their you know women's uh, division that uh, at least they believe is progressive i guess so. well the thing is that they actually shipped over on that long ass flight uh, natty neidhart so natalia mm. and alexa bliss so the girls came over in the hopes of getting a spot on the card right now so then the saudis didn't let them yeah you know you got to think though that you you would have think they would have gotten clearance ahead of time you know so you don't just fly them out there just for the hell of it kind of thing mm. And, you know, okay, well, it's not my business. I don't know, but I'm just assuming. And when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, as Rodney Dangerfield would yeah. tell us back in, <laughs> back to school, you know, the old movie back in the 80s. Yep. Anyway, the um, classic. Yeah, it, it does stand to be mentioned, though, that uh, if I were running a company, um, I think I'd have these details ironed out ahead of time and I wouldn't take a crazy chance at the end of the day, just, you know. Uh, you got nothing better to do. Just come on over to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia with us yeah. girls, you know. So, Let's see if we can squeeze you in. Yeah, like maybe we could squeeze you in somewhere. Well, but, yeah, I mean, the, the kickoff of this show was the Usos versus the Revival, which on paper, that's a pretty bloody good match, you know. Yeah. I mean, these, these guys should know how to do it. They should know how to do it with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, this was a, a mail-in, you know. I mean, it was good, mm. but I didn't. It was good uh, at a house show level. But yeah. here's like a massive pay-per-view. I don't know. But then again, you know, maybe they were really affected by jet lag. Maybe they're really affected by lack of uh, hydration. Yeah. The heat, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the the uh, the Usos defeat the Revival anyway. But um, I don't know. it. What What did I remember from this match? Nothing. Yeah. Now you're thinking too much. I am. Well, anyway, the next day on Raw. Oh, yeah. Not the next day, but still, I mean, a couple of days later yeah. on Raw. Uh, then the, uh, well, not not the Usos, but Dash and, and uh, Dawson, so the Revival, go on to retain or regain, I should say, the WWE Tag Team Championships, the Raw tag straps from uh, Woo Woo Woo. And uh, his buddy, the, oh yeah, yeah, who jobbed uh, two hundred and sixty nine matches. <laughs> so we're talking about the the former Edge heads. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Zach Ryder and um, oh geez, I'm st- yeah. Well, I'm low on energy too here. No kidding. What's his I, name? We need those salty drinks. <laughs> the salty <laughs> drinks. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, sorry, folks. My I'm brain farting today. It's been a long day. I tell you what, I've been I've been. Working so damn hard. It's a Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's the that's the guy. Yeah, so Kurt Hawkins. Had to look it up, jeez. Yeah, you had to look it up. That's, man. How... That's, that's how bad it is, right? <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, but yeah, anyway. they... Uh, Next! Yeah, that match with uh, the Revival and Usos. But yeah, the Revival now are the champions uh, as of the Monday. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it was... I mean, it was a letdown in that way that you... You know, you would want it to, to... It had all potential. Maybe, you know what, they didn't have enough time, which is weird. But uh, if they had got maybe like, I don't know, five more minutes, ten more minutes, they could have probably hit a pretty wicked match or something. But but anyway, um, my uh, the next match here, my buddy, uh, who I'm not 
don't know at all, but uh, <laughs> Baron Corbin takes on uh, Seth Rollins. What you talking about, fool? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not a fan of Baron Corbin, and uh, I'm sure the guy can work. Who is his fan, by the way? Does he have fans? I guess he shouldn't since he's a heel, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, but then the... even good heels have fans. But well, you know uh, what the thing is, Kurt? I'm not Kurt Hawkins, but this guy is... Um... Baron Corbin. Yeah. Uh, I never liked him to begin with. But in this match, okay, first of all, I understand the heat. Yeah. But he showed me more in this match than he showed me in that WrestleMania match yeah. with Kurt Angle. He was much better here. No, there's no doubt. Yeah. Um, maybe it was Seth Rollins that, that peeled it out of him or something like that. Or or because he's been, you know, on the end of the, the blame. He has been, yeah, I think even stated by WWE that he was the reason for their lack of ratings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Boy, that's a that's an inglorious yeah, uh, so, position to be stuck in where, where it's like the company puts the blame on you as being the GM for that period. And yeah. I mean, it's not like their ratings are picking up anytime soon, like as we speak. No. So therefore, I mean, well, that's kind of a, a ridiculous point to make. But anyway, this, it was, it was not... A good match. It was it was passable. It was all right. It it was uh, it never kind of really got out of second gear though, mm, right? Yeah. It was like it was like stuck in second gear for the longest time. I think technically though, it was it was solid for what they did. Yeah, but largely forgettable. There was no reason. There's nothing there that I would want to see a rematch. And I know I know we're gonna get it. Yeah. We're, we're well, gonna get it that, that anyway. The roll up victory. Yeah, you know where he's arguing with the ref and the ref shoves him and he's. Shoves right into the roll up and blah blah blah. But uh, but uh, after that match, you had the Beast Incarnate made his uh, entrance there with his money in the bank. That whole Brock Lesnar with his money in the bank win is like so annoying to me now. Mm. Oh, since the beginning of the whole the whole bit. But mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, they did this whole thing where uh, Paul Heyman tripped on the ropes, which distracted Brock Lesnar, and then he got wailed. Low, low blowed again. Yeah, low blowed yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and wailed on with uh, with the steel chair by Rollins on, and uh, he was like gripping onto the briefcase while he was just getting pounded. So I guess he didn't cash it in now. So mm-hmm. and he got curb stomped on the on the briefcase. Oh the yeah, end. of course. Yeah, you know, and that that move was also banned by uh, WWE for a couple of years. You know, I guess curb... they can't call it a curb stomp, can they? Or I don't know. But, I think but, that's a pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that still, I mean, it was like it was nowhere to be seen for two years, and that's why yeah, it's like yeah. they they gave the pedigree as as his new finisher, right? Mm. And then they brought it back. You know, it's like okay, he he no longer does the pedigree. So now he just does the curb stomp again. So I'm not sure what's happening there. But I heard that also on Monday Night Raw this past week, Ricochet did that 450, whatever it is, is that uh, that senton splash that he does. Yeah. And he landed on the leg of Cesaro, and Vince was supposedly super pissed. Now, this might be just hearsay, but I can understand, you know, in a way, but I heard that the worst repercussion from this might be the fact that uh, Ricochet ends up losing his trademark maneuver that they won't let him do it anymore. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like that curb stomp, you know, that you they take it away for a while and maybe just on the big pay-per-views, maybe maybe just WrestleMania, maybe like uh, Survivor Series or something, that they'll let you do it once. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. it can be just hearsay, but it is what it is. By the way, uh, just a really side note, um, just a shout 
to uh, this Robbie Eagles, who's a, uh, he's a, is he Australian uh, or New Zealand? They're all the same people, I guess. No offense, <laughs> but just like we're Canadians are Americans. But uh, anyway, Robbie Eagles does this. Um, is it a 450 splash? But he he targets the leg. He really? Specifically, does a splash. This uh, it's real. I I love it actually because then he hits that yeah. on the knee. Yeah. And then bust it into a, uh, is it an STF or some submission, uh, like some kind of leg lock, hmm. and that's how he gets his victory. And I, th- I think that's great, you know, using that high flying thing and actually targeting a, a limb instead of a body. You know, well, it's unique. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that's what I when I heard about that, I thought, oh, I wonder if he was going for that. You know, was targeting the leg, but mm. seems like, but Cesaro apparently didn't get injured, although he seemed like he was limping out of the building but yeah so uh, it just reminds me that you know like this this ban it might be coming now for for um ricochet but anyway so seth rollins has his curb stomp and now he curb stomps uh brock lesnar into the briefcase which i guess leaves brock to cash in at a later date do you think he's gonna cash in on on seth rollins now or do you think he's gonna go for somebody else i don't know because the thing is after this uh super showdown main event which we'll get into which was it was cringeworthy. Mm. Um, I heard that Vince no longer wants Taker or or uh, Goldberg Goldberg to wrestle at all. Like it's like they're shelved for like indefinitely. Which I know, granted, it might just be a momentary thing. It might just be hearsay. But that uh, you know, if this is the end of your career, like your active active career, you're not ever going to wrestle for WWE again because of this. You know what happened now is it, it's an inglorious way. To go out, and the things the original plan supposedly was that Fox wanted for their SmackDown programming, specifically Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. Yeah. And now, if this is the case that Vince said no, it's one and done. After this, this you know shit fest or whatever you know that if that's what you want to consider it. I mean, we'll get into that later. It's I don't think it was as bad as people you know claim. I think for certain reasons, anyway, that it there was problems there that were beyond control oh yeah exactly exactly and the thing is that you know well we'll, we'll get into yeah. that anyway but uh so but moving on moving on yeah, intercontinental uh, championship match the demon finn baylor versus andrade boy that demon was sweating that pain off in a hurry Woo! did boy, he ever it's like i never seen finn baylor lose that paint so quick yeah, I would, didn't think he was the demon at the end. No, of no, he was something. He was some. That would have been he's a, a good, hybrid. That would have been a good like uh, excuse that he lost the match, that he was no longer the demon by the end, even though he he won here. But uh, you know, but uh, I'll give it to these guys for one thing though. So they started out sluggishly, like everybody else, like yeah. on a WWE scale, like pay per view scale. You could say that they were a bit sluggish uh, in the beginning. They're the the only match that I recall like really picking up steam towards the end. So these guys, no matter how gassed they were, no matter how tired they were, no matter how much of that really bad salty drink they had or whatever, they somehow were able to pick it up and go for broke at the end. Mm. And for that, I applaud them. Yeah, yeah. Both guys. I mean, they're in incredible shape. Both of them just really, they're young, they're healthy, they're 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 still like really in good shape. And it showed. Yeah. Boy, it really showed here. And Andrade, sans his last name, Cien Almas, without Zelina Vega at ringside because can't have woman coming to the ring in WWE. I I was surprised to see that at least on commentary, 
you had uh, Dean Ambrose's wife, right? I guess, yeah. In maybe that's a role that uh, is acceptable. Yeah, maybe. But that's like as far as they'll go, right? Mm. So, yeah. but yeah, I thought this match was good. Um, probably the best of the night for me, anyway. And yeah, at the beginning, it looked like they didn't have the. They were like out of sync or something, mm-hmm. you know. And then when they 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 got it together and and definitely ended it well. So, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Best match on the show, but it led into for me the worst match on the show. And I, well, the actual worst match, you know, that uh, didn't suffer from certain issues. This Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon. Well, the first of all, like way too long, almost ten minutes for a match that just didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like, it's, it's it's a really confusing time right now in WWE. Honestly, it is. It is. Because if you think that, like, who is their top heel on SmackDown? I have no idea. I guess it's Shane McMahon. I guess it is. Top heel everywhere. Some on both shows. I guess it is. Taking up time. Yeah, uh, but the thing is that, like, Roman Reigns was Vince's golden boy, right? That that's the guy that they're going to build the company around in the future to begin with, right? So you know that already. That it's him and Seth Rollins. They're they're the two baby faces or whatever you want to consider the, the two guys that are going to lead that company in the future. And now you have them lose. Okay, even if you have Drew McIntyre in the picture. First of all, it's anticlimactic because at WrestleMania Drew McIntyre has this match with Roman Reigns. It's not the. It's not a great match. Mm. It's it's a passable match. Yeah, but it's not a great match. Uh, and he loses pretty convincingly in the in the finishing sequence at WrestleMania to Reigns. Now in this match, he costs Reigns the match with that Claymore kick of his. Yeah. Okay, nice kick, all that jazz, as you would say, jazz. jazz. I'm not a jazz guy, but. <laughs> But then, you know, leads into Shane McMahon pinning the guy. Now, for all the times that you make the referee look like an ass. Yeah. This is one of them, you know? Mm. It's like, how many times can you run interference and not have the referee catch it? Yeah, exactly. And and it's it, it doesn't do any favors for your authority figure in the ring. And it's like, the worst, you know, of this was like back in the 90s, like at the end of the 90s, that attitude era. Oh, yeah. like they would just violate... The, like everything in there front was of the no ref. rules. There were there were there's like no rules exactly, but now well it is what it is. So Shane McMahon picks up the win against Roman Reigns, pins him. So surprising, but but do you think this like to me the, what made this match terrible? Yeah, uh, of course all that stuff added on top of this. But how like to me Shane McMahon seemed to be like. Uh, more on top of the game than any other wrestler that Roman Reigns has ever fought, you know? Yeah. In terms of, like, he's able to counter these spears. He's able to... Like, this should have been... This should have been really short. Yeah. You know, maybe mm-hmm. give Shane McMahon some, like, diabolical scheme or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if, fine, have him win if that's what you want to do to, to continue this uh, annoying heel thing. But make sure that he doesn't look better than Roman Reigns or make sure that he doesn't look he doesn't, smarter. He doesn't you know? look equal too. Yeah. Or, and it, you know, that you can hang in, the, you can hang with the big dog. You, you know? can't, you should not. You, you shouldn't you're not. You're not, not a wrestler. Him. Exactly. So you can't. You, you. So to me, that's what made it so stupid. It was, this was like so stupid. I couldn't, I but, couldn't like, this was like, I'm going to go do the laundry. But you know? by the same token, the same guy, Shane McMahon had that, 
almost 20 minute match or on top of 20 minutes with the, with the Undertaker hell in a cell at that WrestleMania a couple of years ago. Yeah, well. Right, so the thing is that you're thinking to yourself, well, this this just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Well, that doesn't either, you know. <laughs> right. So well, but, it, it yeah. just continues. It I, just continues. I don't know. But then again, I wow. guess he is the best in the world, right? So So whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. Lars Sullivan defeats the Lucha House Party by DQ. Now, this was a strange booking, yeah, man. Also also not good. And no, not a good match. First of all, way too long. And you know what? I'll say this about Lars Sullivan. Okay, in, in NXT, I didn't quite feel that he was like, I didn't buy him 100%, okay? I think he's impressive physically. When they were here in Helsinki and he came into the ring and beat up R-Truth, he's enormous, like live. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's just freaking enormous, huge. yeah. But he doesn't come across, especially here in this match, he doesn't come across as a guy that I would buy being like, legitimately out of his mind, crazy, insane, like a, a complete monster, a, like just a, a total beast. I don't feel that. I don't, I, I mean, it's like he's trying to, he's playing this character, yeah. but he's not the character, you know. That's what I find, by the way, it's pet peeve, folks. Nowadays in pro wrestling, there's too many of these, and I, I don't mean Lars Sullivan now when I'm saying this. Please don't misunderstand mm-hmm. me, but there's so many of these so-called modern-day wrestlers that have no business being in the ring. They, they should have bought a ticket. They should have sat their ass down every 18 inches and watched the show because that's where they belong. But they, they got these kids coming in the wrestling business, these young marks coming in the wrestling business, thinking that they know how to do Shizat, and they are playing wrestler. Mm. They're play wrestlers. Yeah. Right? Now, you can be a pro wrestler or a play wrestler. And this is where I think that, like in Finland, for example, why people, they, they misconstrue the term, or they, they use this term showbiny, which is like show wrestling, is because they've seen too many like play wrestlers. Yeah. They really have. Uh, and when you see pro wrestlers, it, it changes your perception when you see the actual product from a real pro Yeah. Uh, compared to the play wrestlers. Mm-hmm. There was, I remember, Agreed. you know, one, one of the uh, wrestling veterans, uh, I'm just going to sidetrack for a very yeah. brief period here, but uh, here in Finland, uh, one of the guys who's been around now for like 15 years, his name is Stark Adder, and uh, mm. and and. I remember back in the early day, the early days and, and times of Finnish pro wrestling, back around 2005, he said that one of his friends, I think he was Chinese, uh, if I remember correctly, came to came to the shows, and saw the product early on, mm. and he said it was like bad Kabuki theater. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So, and 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 I thought it's such like the only thing that he was sold on. I don't want to toot my own horn. I mean, but. The only thing, the, the only thing the guy actually bought was my match. Yeah, yeah. At that time, like mm. you know, in the early days, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like everything else was just bad Kabuki theater except this guy's match, mm. right? Which, really, you know, it's, it's you know, it's it's great to hear, but it just goes to show that unless you like, you you're not in there to play wrestler. Mm. You're not in there to to perform. You're not a performer for fuck's sakes. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be a professional wrestler. That's what the name of the game is. On the marquee, it says wrestling. Yeah. Right? That's what it's supposed to be. And now, when I now segue back to Lars Sullivan here, um, 
good enough as a big man. Yeah, mm. he moves well and every, all that, but his mannerisms, the thing that makes our business sports entertainment are all of the things, the extracurricular things like the skits, uh, the over-the-top personalities, like yeah. you know, all the facial expressions, all the big body language and things like that. That's what makes it sports entertainment. And that's what where I'm not buying Lars Sullivan. Mm. I'm not buying these elements that are outside of the realm of wrestling, yeah. the sports entertainment aspects of his character and his persona. So, uh, not a great match, not a good match, um, too long. And you'd think that if you got three of these smaller Lucha guys at the same time, okay, it's a tag match for whatever reason. I don't know why you would like construct it as that these guys would have to tag out. Yeah. Because it's one monster against three smaller guys. So yeah, yeah. shouldn't it be a swarm? These guys would be like swarming the guy and yeah. like all in the ring at the same time. Boom, 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 boom. Hitting him from every every which way, every angle. And then all of a sudden, Lars Sullivan just catches you out and boom, just nails you. Yeah. Right? That's what would mean something if it was like, it, this was built wrong. Yeah. The, the match was constructed in the wrong way. And it to me, it, it was... It ended with this disqualification where the the Lucha House Party guys couldn't get out of the uh, like out of the ring to their to their corner or whatever if they were no they they just ganged up on him just yeah. started beating on him and then the referee threw it out. So the thing is, like that's ridiculous. So I don't know why you'd have to try to save face for the Lucha House Party of all people. No, no. disrespect to those guys; they're all incredible. Yeah, exactly. But, but here's here's yeah. the point: you need to make you need to make. This was uh, Sullivan's, was it his, like, literal... Uh, Pay-per-view debut? Yeah, for the main roster. I believe so. So you need to make the guy look, like, so brutal, so dominant. Yep. He should have just literally squashed these guys, yeah. you know, easy enough. And you know what they did? They did this rematch on Monday night, and that's what happened. Exactly, because the thing is, then, then, then they realized, probably Vince took a look at it and said... What you, the hell are we doing? You, what the hell are we, were you guys <laughs> thinking? To the agents, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. what the hell were you guys doing? Or you, whoever they were, you know, the whoever put it together. Anyway, moving on. Next match, Randy Orton defeats Triple H. Boy, this match dragged. Um, and I, I don't, I don't want to be hard on these guys. I because re- these two are they're veterans. They know what they're doing. Uh but for what they did for the bulk of that match, for what they've done in the past, now if you can if you consider the story because they show that video package before they went out, mm, right? Yeah, showing the history between Randy Orton and Triple H. So when you send these two guys out after that video package, you're going to expect some other kind of match than what you got, and that's the problem. So once again, here you got the heat on top of 100 degrees Fahrenheit, so on top of 40 uh, Celsius. In the arena, okay, I understand it's sluggish, it's hot, but then change your approach. Yeah, right. Yeah, they had this really long-winded, drawn-out match, just working on the other guy's arm and things like that. And it's like it's 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 a pretty solid wrestling match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for all intents and purposes, but it it hauled arse. Yeah, it it just dragged. They had too much time, I think. Yeah, and it just it just didn't. It it felt like at some point, like when is this going to end? Like when's the climax coming? Yeah, yeah, right. It just dragged and dragged. I mean, so yeah, hmm. you you talk a lot about, uh, and I agree uh, with it uh, for the most part that uh, properly wrestled old school match, yeah, can be just as entertaining and um, 
and sometimes even even more uh, edge of your seat exciting than a you know spot fest. Of course. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, but yeah. Well, I'm just saying that mm. this was to me very old school, but it was lacking something, and it was too long. So you kind of you got bored. You know. I think it was lacking intensity. Mm. And I think the intensity was missing because of the heat. Yeah, it could be. Right? And the thing is that uh, even when Randy, when he went to, uh, you know, to, to signal for his RKO, and when he drops down, starts, like, punching the mat. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could tell he was so blown up right there. Mm. You could tell that he was just out of gas. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, folks, if you want to see an old-school match done right, like a long old-school match, I urge you, Go on YouTube. I think it's probably on Daily Motion too. Dick Murdoch versus Barry Windham from 1987, Western States Heritage, Heritage Championship. It's a TV time limit draw. Wow, it's like 45 minutes long. Yeah, right. That's cool. And it's a damn good wrestling match yeah. where you work. You're working body parts. Hmm. Really freaking good. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Moving on. Uh, one um, thing uh, that, yeah. like, I just have never been a fan of Triple H. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't get in there, and I might be a victim <laughs> in that way of a uh, psychological treatment of Bret Hart, where he he said once that uh, he thought that uh, Triple H was a, a five out of ten wrestler. You know, and I loved Bret Hart so much back in the day that I, you know, and you know, I still do, but. Um, I I just never I never could get into his style I don't know and maybe he just bothered me but I, I think he's a really good worker mm-hmm. but anyway the, the thing is that I think Triple H now I've seen it like at WrestleMania now for about three four years in a row and I've always held Triple H to be like he knows how to orchestrate a match mm. he knows the psychology he knows the timing yeah he knows like all the key elements of a fundamentally sound, good, emotionally satisfying wrestling match. Okay. But with age, I find that, I think that his matches are overdrawn. I think that that they're overambitious for Mm. the fact that, I think that as you get older, you need to be aware of where to draw the limit, right? Where to draw the line. And I'm saying this as much, you know, myself. I mean, I can still do 30-minute matches, and I do from time to time, you know. And and uh, But by the same token, Triple H is older than I am, right? Yeah, yeah. So at, at some point, especially on these big shows like WrestleMania and things like that, to say nothing of the Super Showdown now because of the heat once again, uh, I think it's a case of shortening Shizat up. Yeah, yeah. Doing less... But by the same token, in that time that you have, doing more. Right, right. So, anyway. Less is more. Unless, less is more. Unless you're Ingwie Malmsteen. But uh, <laughs> then we got... Uh, Ingwie who? Yeah. Remember, mm. remember that t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk more about is an, more. Talk about an egomaniac. A guy who go. printed up Ingwie who, question mark, yeah. t-shirts, I think for Japan or, or somewhere, because he uh, automatically assumed that everybody knew who he was. <laughs> 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 of course, everybody knows who you are in Japan. Uh, anybody, but anyway, uh, <laughs> then we had uh, another meh match, in my opinion: Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Yeah, this was uh, for for how they hyped it. You know, the first time singles meeting between two of these like big strong men. 
Well, uh, I don't know what to make of this. I, I, there was no reason for me to want to see a rematch out of this either. No. It's, I just don't feel it. I don't feel the, the intensity or I don't, whatever, the lack of intensity. Uh, that I felt. But, but by the same token, there's just, sometimes you just don't mesh with your opponent, right? You don't have chemistry. And I think that, once again, it could be the heat. It could be a lack of chemistry. But it was something was missing here, man. I just think Bobby Lashley is uh, hes just such a vacuum. And uh, he looks awesome. But I, I think that he just doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't have um, that intensity. In, in, I've never, ever seen him have it. So maybe other people have share a different opinion. Seems like people in WWE do putting him in pretty high profile matches generally, mm-hmm. but I, I don't see it with the guy. Well, the uh, guy wouldn't be there if his body didn't look as good as it does. I would say that's very true. His main marketing point is well, are his muscles? Yeah, yeah. He's got a fantastic physique. Totally, right? no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is like to me, I would have, I would have mowed the lawn and had a better day. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway. The next up, we had the WWE Championship match, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler, who I guess it was a sit-in because Kevin Owens didn't want to go. But uh, Well, I saw, I wouldn't say the entire match. I saw most of the match, I think. But nothing I haven't seen before from these two guys. And, and there's just, I didn't... I didn't see anything that stood out, but just the fundamentally... Decent match between two guys that have yeah. been there before. It was okay. Yeah. They just, they worked. And, uh, I mean, both guys are really talented. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Ziggler said after the match that uh, he wants uh, Kingston in a steel cage. So, yeah, he's probably going to get it. I guess. Yeah. Some build up for something. But, yeah, I mean, that was just a very much so in the okay realm of things. Um, it was like 10 minutes, 15 seconds, I guess, but it felt like it was almost going 20. Yeah. And yeah. Th- that's something that, it's it's a weird feeling, you know. It's like when two guys are in there, they're, they're busting their balls. But there's something that's just not connecting. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, well, be that as it may. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, then they had this huge... The biggest. Yeah, the biggest. <laughs> what, 50-man battle royal? The largest, yeah, in history. Uh, or 51-man, actually. So not not 50, 51. There you go. Um, I'm not a fan of battle royals to begin no, with. Either. You know, the, the Royal Rumble, I can understand. It's it's a good format because the thing is that they've, they've figured out how to make it uh, entertaining with the guys coming in every time they count down the next participant or whatever, the, the entrant. They get their spot, right? So that there's some nice surprises booking-wise and things like that. But this match, there was nothing. I mean, just yeah. just one big schmoz of just guys getting thrown out here and there, left and right, and nothing meaning really anything. And at the end, I was thinking to myself before that thing like finished up and you got the final guys in the ring, I was thinking, who's going to take this one? You know, like Who needs it? Honestly, who needs it? Mm. And then when I saw that they got that Mansoor guy, Mansoor, yeah, right, Saudi born, the Saudi born, yeah, and, and he's been on NXT television as a as a mid card or jobber guy, right, and you see him hanging in at the end, 
and you see poor Elias, who no matter how many times he comes out and he sings his songs and plays his guitar, he just, I, like, I'm as I've said before, I'm not sure if WWE actually sees value in his wrestling. Mm. I think they see value in his performance otherwise, like yeah. in his playing, in his character, in his shtick, in his promos, but maybe not in his wrestling, because once again, here's a time when, okay, you can have this Monsoor guy in at the end. I don't give a flying rat's ass. But you don't give it to him mm. because he's not he's not ready. Where Like, where are they going to go with this? You know what I mean? It's like that Tough Enough from 2011, they gave it to that one big guy. And where did he ever go? He never had a match on freaking WWE television after that. But we know, like we said at the beginning, this this is a glorified house show. Nothing on this show actually matters. No. That's why Brock didn't cash in the case, in my opinion. Yeah, you that's know, it. That this is like... But this was, hey, bigger than WrestleMania, remember? Well. <laughs> Going in, this was bigger. Yeah, yeah. Well, to me, this battle royal was worse than the double or nothing battle royal. Uh, just... Because I don't like battle royals, but uh, there's too many guys in here. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, but I get it why they have this Mansoor guy winning. They, they want a, a hometown pop. That's, yeah. that's it. Right? But, but my point is this. Where do you go from here? Yeah, but. Where does he go? He, you know, unless you're going to start pushing this guy, he's going to go back on NXT television. He's going to go back into the mid card. Or back into the lower card, or as as an enhancement guy, or whatever, getting other people over, and it's going to be forgotten half a year from now. Nobody's going to remember. But you know, since they're doing these Saudi shows for the next, I guess, nine years now, yeah, um, they got to have a Saudi guy. Yeah. So I guess this is their guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's uh, I'm sure he's. A relatively decent worker. I don't really. I have. I can't even think of if I've ever seen him before. So, you know, I guess it is that they just needed that hometown pop, and you have literally nobody else to give it to. You know, Elias. Yeah, but is he a Saudi guy? No, that's that's, that's, that's what not I'm saying. The, that's not the point. You, uh, you, yeah, yeah. You uh, get the sympathy for your hometown boy. He makes it right to the finish, but he doesn't go over. This is the thing, right? But uh, then Elias would probably be murdered. No offense, but <laughs> you know, like I don't oh. think. I think it's like they just. I think they needed that, but did they even get the pop? I don't know. It was the yeah, audience they did. too too big. Yeah, they, yeah. they got it. They got it. Anyway, yeah. But then, then moving on to the main event of the match, or not the match, the the evening, the the card, the mm. super showdown. Also weird booking for me, by the way, that this battle royal is like the semi main event. It's the come down match. Yeah, it's like it's literally the come down match. Yeah, yeah. What a place to be on the card. Well, well. Well, anyway, the main event. The yes. Un- the Undertaker and Goldberg. You know, the entrances, elaborate. The, I don't know how much they cost. They must have cost an arm and a leg. Yeah, uh, a few people. I heard some prices floating around, and I forget how much it was, but it's like more than just the entrances for this match. would be more than most of these guys made on that night for the pay-per-view. Um, so, <laughs> what does that tell you? Interesting stuff, yeah. Yeah, anyway... So, The Undertaker up against Bill Goldberg. Now, Goldberg, I watched and I thought to myself as he came to the ring, boy, his beard's looking white. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, did he dye his beard or is it just that it's turning white with age? And it's, I think, the latter. I think it's turning white with age. And all of a sudden, inside of two years, he's gotten old 
like like older, yeah, uh, like significantly from when he wrestled Brock Lesnar at that WrestleMania a couple of years ago. Now, that said, the guy's in incredible shape. All right, he's That's in it. Yeah. fantastic. Looks shape. amazing. Looks amazing. Yeah, uh, Undertaker still looks good for his age. Um, but you can tell that these were two guys that were like, they're on their last legs. You could just tell as as soon as they got in that ring. And, uh, I'm, I'm watching this match in the beginning. I'm thinking, okay, now I understood how they started out. So boom, all of a sudden one punch from the, from the undertaker, Goldberg answers back with a spear. Boom, knocks him down, waits for him to get up. Boom, second spear, goes for the pin. Is it going to be the finish already? Goldberg going to finish it under one minute. Yeah. No kick Mm. out, right? And then the match unfolds. And then Bill Goldberg runs his head, charges the corner with a spear, and runs his head into the post and busts himself open the hard way. And I guess legitimately concusses himself. Yeah. That's what the reports anyway say. Yeah. And, okay, now, I'm a guy who's had eight concussions during my pro wrestling career. Never been knocked out. Been knocked silly, though. Yeah. And I continued those matches till the end. Yeah. Now, I can really empathize. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible feeling when, you, when you're concussed because I'll tell you how it feels right now. I'll tell yeah. you, all you folks listening... It's, you don't know whether you're awake or whether you're dreaming. Okay. It feels like you don't know which way is south, which way is west, which way is north, which way is whatever. Right. Mm. You don't know. Yeah. Okay. The room is spinning. Uh, you feel lightheaded. You feel like, you know, your feet don't want to carry you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. These are all legitimate uh, expressions that, or like manifestations. Hmm. Of being concussed. I've been there eight times in my 25-year-plus wrestling career. Mm. So I understand what's going on here. Yeah. But that said, if the guy was legitimately concussed, now I'm sure the referee asked him that, hey, are you okay? Can you continue? Yeah. Right? And I'm sure that the referee's got the earpiece, so Vince and whoever else is in his ear, and he's like screaming and yelling. I'm sure, you know, it's like yeah, yeah. you know, he's 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 got to be mad as hell. Uh now Vince could have called that match off at any point. He could have he could have cut it short. He yeah. could have just said, "Okay, just go home." Yeah. Um, but they went for about ten minutes, and um, that match fell apart so many times. Where you could tell, and it wasn't Undertaker's fault. All yeah. the credit in the world, it wasn't his yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think it is technically either guy's fault. No, you know. And you're right. Technically, yeah. it's not. But I'm saying that it, that if you if you're gonna put you know so the quote unquote blame on yeah. somebody, yeah, yeah. okay, it's gonna befall a Goldberg because of the condition that he's in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he can't carry his part of the bargain because of the mm. condition that he's in. True. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore. He's not feeding correctly, right? And uh, so anyway, the, the point being that this match falls apart several times and Goldberg drops Undertaker on his freaking head. He's trying to jackhammer him. Yeah. Can't hold him up there. Can't turn him in time to drop him on his back. So he yeah. drops him on his, on his upper traps. Yep. Total nearly brain, on his brain head. Brainbuster style. Yep, brainbuster style. 
Undertaker, he could, you could tell when he came down. The look on his face. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, yeah. You could, you could see the expression on his face, mm-hmm. man. Anyway, um, and that's where you're thinking, like, what is Vince telling the referee at this point? You know, like, yeah, yeah. that earpiece. Man, to be at the, at the helm and to hear what he's saying, you gotta, you got to be wondering. Yeah. Anyway, then from there, it just don't get no better. I mean, Undertaker, Tombstones, Goldberg, and he lo- maybe it's the maybe it's the heat or the exhaustion or whatever. Mm. But he like drops him heavily on his head. Really, yeah, right? It was very hard. It's hard to watch that one because to me that looked worse than Owen Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But the good thing is, like, I was close to being paralyzed in one match in 1995 in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, Border City Championship Wrestling. Scott yeah, Demore was the guy running that, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a tag match. Me and this guy, Brett, the real deal, uh, Jake Steele. Brett was his real name. Anyway, uh, against the, the Motor City Madmen or what? the Motor City Hitmen. It was uh, Irish Mickey Doyle and uh, I forget the name of the other guy. Anyway, the other guy is bald guy. Uh, he got me with a Frankensteiner off the top rope at the end of the match, mm. right? And my legs were on the outside of the ropes, not on the inside. You got to be on the inside so you can post yeah. off the middle yeah, rope, yeah. right? And they didn't. He didn't bother to, to to get my legs on the on the uh, on the middle turnbuckle. Yeah, yeah. So when I when I started setting off that top rope, I couldn't turn in the air. Mm. I came down like a javelin Ooh. in yeah. that Frankensteiner on the top of my head. I oh. lost a tooth. Oh, As shit. I came, the, the crowd thought I died right then and there. <laughs> no, you could hear the breath go out of that building in Windsor, yeah, yeah. Ontario. And I laid there on the mat. They pinned me right after. I, I laid there on that mat, unmoving for about maybe, I don't know what it was, 10 minutes? Wow. And I finally got up, and that crowd just exploded into applause, hmm. right? Because And I went to the hospital that night, and the doctor told me, they took x-rays, and they said that if your neck would have even been bent like a centimeter, two centimeters uh, to one side. You'd be paralyzed from the neck down. Those are scary tales. Exactly. And and this is the thing. So now if you're thinking like, okay, so you got a guy the size of Bill Goldberg, okay, you got Undertaker, big man too, and you're tombstoning somebody, dropping them on the top of their head. Now, okay, that's the move, right? Okay, that's that's the idea of the move. But the thing is that you're still, your opponent, you're, you're holding on to your opponent, Right, and mm-hmm. your opponent's holding on to you. So the thing is that you 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 do what you can call we call posting yeah. in the business. You can post on the maneuver, um, and in that way you you take you you take part of the brunt off by being able to to uh, protect yourself. Yeah, right. Anyway, they lost control in the tombstone. Either Goldberg wasn't, he couldn't hang on no more, or then, like, you know, because he yeah. was woozy or whatever, or Undertaker, just maybe the sweat or whatever, couldn't hold on to him either. And he came down heavy on the top of his head, but I looked, and he came down square on the top of his head. Mm. So his neck wasn't bent to one side either. Yeah, okay. Okay, where we were talking about that yeah, Dominion like match. Compressor, compression or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And now we're talking versus that, that yeah. the, the, uh, the match with, what's his name Ibushi now? Ibushi. Ibushi, yeah. Naito, yeah. Yeah, and, and taking that suplex on the side of the apron with his neck getting crimped yeah. against the frame, the steel frame of the ring. Now, that's a different story because that you could legitimately have nerve damage yeah. from something like that because your neck is turned upon impact. Mm. 
anyway, so yeah. getting back to this match. Very scary stuff. All these kind of things are yeah. super scary. Yeah, exactly. So now this match just it, it, it gets like more and more sloppy towards the end. And finally, uh, I guess Goldberg tried to pick Undertaker up for what I assume would have been, they were saying that it was going to be like, he was trying to tombstone the Undertaker. No, no, he was trying to pick him up in a power slam position. Yeah, totally. Right, yeah. like Davy Boy Smith style. Yeah. And he couldn't hold him. He lost his balance. He fell backwards. Immediately afterwards, Undertaker just picks him up. Very low choke slam. I mean, mm-hmm. didn't get no height, no airtime, no nothing, yeah. no hang time. Boom, one, two, three, and we're out of here. And you look at the expression immediately after that pinfall on Undertaker's face, and he's saying, like, you can just see that fucking hell. Yeah, like exactly. That's like, I don't believe this shit. Mm-hmm. Shizat. No, honestly, you, yeah. can, you can see that disappointment on the man's face that is this what, is this what, you know, at this tail end of my career, is this what I want to be remembered for? Yeah. There's already about a million memes that have that uh, Undertaker's face with, you know, the, the look you give when whatever you realize some, 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 some Shizat happened. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. And, and, and then I guess, okay, Goldberg legitimately is hurt. He's concussed, whatever. Yeah. So, all my respect for them continuing that match because, like I said, Vince could have called that thing off any time he would have wanted. They could have gone home. Yeah. But they kept on going for that about 10 minutes, and they tried. Now, for trying already, the fact that you don't phone it in, that you try, this is the main event, right? Yeah. Yeah. I applaud you, both of you guys. I applaud you. Uh, but I don't want to see that again. Mm. I agree with you. Uh we talked about this a few times, I guess, already, but these dudes have given so much, so much to this this whole industry, let alone the WWE. Yeah. You know, and uh, whether or not you say Goldberg's the best worker, uh, neither here nor there. The guy has made the business a lot of money, and he's attracted a lot of people to the business. He's done a lot of great things for the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't we you know don't even need to mention the stuff where he you know technically ends Bret Hart's career with a bad mule kick or whatever mm-hmm. you know that's that's back in the day and and uh that was a you know hey should that, that happen yeah and kind of on the fault of people who who mm-hmm. put him in the wrong place at the wrong time you know but wasn't... You, know, you know what the thing is that even that like whose fault was that because at the mm-hmm. end like okay first of all Wrestling is a game of contact. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, shit happens. Yeah. Uh, there are times when you just, you're not always 100% dead on. Mm. That's why timing is so freaking important yeah. in our sport, yeah. right? Um, and that's why, you know, it's it, you only do shit that you know you can pull off 100%. You don't do things that you, you're unsure of. Yeah. You just don't, because you don't compromise your health or the the health of your opponent. Yeah. So in this, you know, whose fault was it that Goldberg concussed Bret Hart? Uh, maybe, maybe he was jacked. I don't know. Cause the thing is, uh, I've been in the ring with a guy before who was jacked to the gills, right? He was, you know, a big time on the juice and yeah. he just, he had that really freaking, you know, juice head intensity. Mm. And, and, and when you, when you're in like a hold and he's cranking on the hold, 
and you feel something tear in your body, like a membrane. Yeah, yeah. Right? A rotator cuff. You know, and you know it's because the guy is so freaking tense. Yeah, yeah. And that could have been the case. I'm not saying that it was. I'm just saying it could have been. Or then it could have been a miscue. The timing was off. Or maybe Brett's head was, maybe he fed in too close. I'd have to see it again or whatever. I I think the, to me at least, um, the, my, uh, I guess the issue that I've heard at least with a lot of people like William Regal and and whatever, and Mm. that uh, I think he needed more time uh, to be, like uh, off TV and and work like I don't know I can't remember how long it was before he debuted on TV and started just running through the roster. Yeah, I thought the character was amazing and and uh, I thought the way that he was booked was perfect and all that. Um, I think he just needed a little bit more experience before actually getting out there. But neither here nor there, you know. Matt Riddle uh, posted that uh, this is. Proof that Goldberg is the worst wrestler of all time, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if there's some uh, something going on there or whatever. But I think he's been taking shots at Goldberg. Are they going to do some kind of you know build up to a match there, or is he legit believe that? So I don't know. It it was a it was an unfortunate situation, and yeah. um, I don't blame either one of those guys. Um, this also goes like. You know who's who, who has the real ultimate control here, and um, what should have happened? I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, but then again, um, it it happened, and all all you can say is that you really hope that WWE leaves these guys alone. Well, the thing is that uh, you know you got to let guys retire at some point. The thing is that if you're going to have that one last match, though, you want to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, you really want it. Yeah, yeah. So put them in there with somebody that you know can deliver that kind of match for them. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. That's the yeah. thing. That's the that's the magic of it, right? Mm. It's kind of like when uh, Genichiro Tenru mm. retired. You know who his last opponent was? No, Okada. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I so, see that so, match. so, yeah. So that's the whole point: is mm. that you, when you go out, go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. When Ric Flair, quote unquote, retired, <laughs> who was his last match? I can't think. Shawn Michaels. Was it? Yeah. Was it actually? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. WrestleMania, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. Well, that see, that's that's how it makes sense. Yeah. That's this, it. This kind of to me, right from the start of this booking of this match, this was some rich dude wants to see yeah. this match. That's it. And that's it. That's yeah. it. And well, I just noticed, by the way, this is a little bit of an aside, but a similar thing. You know, Alistair Black wasn't allowed to be on this show, supposedly due to his tattoos. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm looking at the 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 uh, marquee poster, or the whatever the matchup poster of Undertaker yeah. and Goldberg. Uh-huh. And, well, here, you look at it. You know, what's missing off of the Undertaker here? There looks like he's, at least far as I know, he's got a throat tattoo. Yeah. And that's photoshopped right out of there. And that's right, by the way. You're yeah. you're correct. Wow. And, uh, Ain't that something? Yeah. And uh, the thing is, like, you know, Undertaker's got a shizat load of tattoos. But, of course, it doesn't matter because it's the Undertaker. That's and it. And Aleister Black's got to sit at home. If, fine, I'm sure he didn't want to go anyway. But uh, <laughs> Well, it's selective. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I mean, it depends on who you are. It depends uh, what your value is to the company and how long you've been there and uh, a bunch of other things. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get a word from our sponsors and we'll be back to close up and wrap up this week's show. Red Skull Hot Sauce. Fiery sauce focused on flavor. Made by a Canadian in Helsinki. Awesome sauce in a sweet-ass skull bottle. That's Red Skull Hot Sauce. R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. On Facebook and Instagram. Estrada Creative Helsinki. Your brand and story with the strength of modern marketing. Social media gets your brand and message in your audience's hands, and your story with the boost of marketing and videography is your strongest means of persuasion. That's where Estrada Creative Helsinki gets involved. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Estrada Creative Helsinki. Marco Simonen offers photography and video production for business and marketing. In addition, Editorial and portrait work welcome. For more, see marcosimonen.com. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-I-M-O-N-E-N.com. Okay, so that was super showdown. Uh, well, in a lot of ways, super letdown because that uh, the air didn't help. Okay, it was over 100 degrees, whatever. Um, but it was a big, big time house show. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. It was an over-glorified, over-glorified house show. And I swear Vince must be beating himself over the head because he allowed the advertising to claim in advance that this was bigger than WrestleMania, that, that, that it would be bigger than WrestleMania, which obviously is now uh, like a massive egg upon the collective face of WWE. Anyway, um, be that as it may, we are heading into uh, WrestleAid here in Finland in a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be the biggest professional wrestling super show of the summer season yeah. in the northern hemisphere of Europe. So it's uh, now just today announced as we record this. This is a Thursday, by the way, folks, as we are recording. Uh, it was announced on Slam Wrestling Finland's social media channels. That's uh, all the social media slash Slam Res. That's S-L-A-M-W-R-E-S. That the co-main event of the big Wrestle Aid show would be a women's triple threat match featuring Central America versus Europe versus Asia. Mm. This is an intercontinental super match. It's insane. Folks, folks understand... Like, it's not just three girls against each other. Now, it's not... I'm going to get to who these girls are in a second. But think about that. It's like Central America. Middle America, right? Yeah. That Mexican panhandle area, right? Yeah, yeah. Panama, whatnot. That's sure. Puerto Rico. Yeah. Ivelisse. Ivelisse Velez. Mm. Lucha Underground. And she's been to NXT. She's, she was... Uh, what was her name? Cortez something. Uh, in... in um, NXT back in the day. Anyway. anyway Ivelisse, much better name. Yeah, much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, she, anyway, is is uh, an absolutely stellar star and uh, a, a, actually like a household name on the woman's wrestling circuit in North America right now. And she is representing Puerto Rico, her home country, at WrestleAid, up against Sadie Gibbs. Ooh. From the UK. Now we're talking about England and a former gymnast, Sadie. I just talked to her on the phone today. 
uh, a hell of an athlete, man. A CrossFit coach. She is the queen of flips. I've never seen a girl cut as crisp of a flip as as, as the Sadie Gibbs does. Yeah, and strong, man. This chick is I've, strong. I've seen I've seen her Instagram stuff where she's just powerlifting things like you. It's just, uh, it's insane. It, yeah, it's crazy. She is so strong uh, and athletically hyper, super gifted. Yeah. Um, young in her career, under two years as a pro, but just her her rise has been astronomical. She's been wrestling for stardom in Japan and yeah. just, just blown away audiences left and right. Signed with AEW. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, she's signed now. They and ran the promo for this her. Is, right? By the way, hey, this is going to be one of her last appearances ah. in Europe before she goes to America. Nuts. Oh, Just I'm, think, man, we are fortunate to have Sadie Gibbs here She's going to be Finland. a superstar beyond all. Oh, she is. Shadow of a doubt. Oh, she's, sure. she's awesome. Just awesome. And up against these two in a triple threat women's match against one of the all-time greats from Japan, Mako Satomura. Yes, Oh, man. You know, and we're talking about a 24-year veteran of the ring wars in Mako. In her sophomore year, her second year as a pro, she was already wrestling for World Championship Wrestling, WCW, in 96, 97. Jumping Jehoshaphat. This is is an unbelievable match. I mean, if people don't realize how significant this is actually in the world, because you think you have like a relatively newcomer to the biz who's signed like a pretty... To, like to the the big new company AEW in in Sadie Gibson, she is has so much potential going on there. Yeah, and then you have Eva Lee, who is a star, like mm-hmm. a legit star, legit and very good. You know, uh, La Sicara, yeah. La Sicaria. Yeah, so, right. so the hit woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then you you have this legend who yeah. is still like legit uh, can go and kick the living shiz at out of people. Joshi legend. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And uh, I mm-hmm. think she was, wasn't she like kind of one of the, like I guess the flag bearers of this whole Joshi movement, at least back. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know big history about Joshi stuff, but at least from what I know, she is a major player in, in the whole women's wrestling in Japan and making it for what it is today. Exactly, and yeah. Yep. She did that uh, May Young Classic. Yep. And then you have Lucha Underground, so you have WWE, you have Lucha Underground and AEW. You have like, and of course her affiliations in Japan and things. Well, that's it. You've got, you've got the world in this match. Yeah, you have got Incredible. literally the freaking world. Yeah, the co-main event of WrestleMania. Let's run down the card. Yeah. Otherwise, do it. So the seven matches now slated for WrestleMania June 29th in Rauma, Finland. At uh, the shopping center called Potkur, that's P-O-T-K-U-R, and uh, on the roof, it's going to be outside, underneath the open skies. Mm. The city is offering rafters. They're going to build up. Uh, really? And, yeah, they're going to have rafters there, and it's going to be something special, ladies and gentlemen. It will be seen on ISTV all across Finland. It's the largest streaming channel in the Nordics. That's www.is.fi. On the day of the event, you'll be able to see it if you don't live in Finland, uh, if you log on to is.fi. But anyway, the other co-main event is going to be the age-old rivalry that has been now for almost a decade between myself, the Rebel Starbuck, 
and Yoshihiro Tajiri, the Japanese buzzsaw, former WWE United States. Killer. Uh, tag team and cruiserweight champion. So yeah. we're talking about one of the all-time greatest ever out of Japan, the King of Green Mist, the Japanese buzzsaw, Yoshihiro Tajiri. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. I mean, uh, I grew up, you know, when when ECW came on TV in, in Canada, yep. I was glued to it. And I was first introduced to Tajiri with his feud with Super Crazy. Oh, yeah. And I had literally never seen anything like that in my life. And, uh, you know, it just... It literally blew my mind. Yeah, you had Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn and, you know, Sabu and, and these kind of things. But there was something just so much, you know, with that super crazy. And then I guess maybe Tajiri was my introduction to Japanese wrestling. There you, you know? go. So, and yeah. what an introduction. So, I mean, that is just off the charts exciting. And then in, in addition to that. We have uh, Hamo the Wild Man, Ukon Selika here from Finland. One of the all-time uh, greatest exports yeah. from uh, the Finnish professional wrestling industry ever. Yeah, total badass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's going to be going up against Big Yearn Simmons. And I heard that Yearn's been now also possibly uh, picked up by WWE UK, NXT UK. Really? So if that's the truth, this is going to be one of Yearn's possibly uh, one of his last matches All right. on the independent uh, circuit also. So he's a big man, this Euron Simmons boy. He's a big guy. All right, can't wait. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be quite uh, a spectacle. I think it's going to be a brawl between these two, man. It's it's two bald-headed, bad big men, and it's going to be messy, man. It's going to, in a good way, in a good way. At WrestleAid, Jürgen Simmons against Heimo, the wild man, Ukon Selke. And then we've got a tag team match, International Flair. It's going to be the team, the Finnish contingent, of Polar Pekko, a really athletically gifted young man, and uh, a guy called Patrick Mieto, the crusher Patrick Mieto, who's been training with Shibata in, uh, at New Japan's Dojo, by the way, in, in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So... We've got these two guys going up against the international contingent of Carlos Zamora out of Spain. Carlos, by the way, is also, in addition to being a pro wrestler, he is a mixed martial artist and a kickboxer. Yeah. So that's notable. I'm excited to see that guy. I haven't seen much of him before, so. Intense. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, And his tag team partner, who is going to be Big Mick Vinola. Mick Vinola from Estonia. And Mick is a peacekeeper in the special forces uh, in crisis areas like Afghanistan. So, therefore, you you got to respect a guy like that. I mean, mm, definitely. Like That's going to be a really interesting match. I mean... Yeah, interesting. You don't know what to expect. This young is, guys it's, it's have a got real a lot awesome. to prove, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what it is. You just nailed it. It's four young guys with a hell of a lot to prove. Who's the hungriest here? Yeah, yeah. How, this, yeah. And, and how are they going to make it work? Exactly. And on the same, on the same sh- uh, event, you have... Like legends, like and uh, like, I mean, just top-notch uh, wrestlers like Tajiri and yourself and uh, uh, Mako and yeah. Sadie Gibbs, and you know, so th- these guys are like on a platform here, and they they have a chance here to show what they got. Absolutely. So they, I guaranteed, they're going to do it. And then we've got a singles match. This is really going to be uh, like on paper so intriguing already. 
what it's going to produce, I'm just, I'm chomping at the bit because I, I really feel that in my bones, it could be like one of the standout matches of the night. Yeah. And it's got Victor Tukki here from Finland. So he's like a young Terry Gordy, kind of like Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, kind of uh, mm. uh, a bit of a mismatch, mixed match. Yeah, no, yeah. Not mixed match. It's, what am I talking about? Mishmash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between these guys. Uh, but but he's a big man, right? He's a big guy, and he moves well for a big guy. He does. Um, and he's young. He's really young. He's just past the age of 20, right? And uh, he's going to be up against... One of the guys that is like here in like in in Finland and maybe in some other places in Europe, maybe you haven't heard of him yet, but Scotty Davis, mm. he's the only eighteen year old full time professional wrestling in Europe today that I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah, right. The only guy eighteen years of age that's he. That's how he earns his bread and butter, just pro wrestling. So he's damn good. He just wrestled Jushin Thunder Liger. Right. Yeah. For over the top wrestling in uh, Ireland. Right, he's wrestled uh, Jordan Devlin, who is uh, many of you will probably know from NXT UK um, and and people like that. So he's this guy's a keeper. He started wrestling at the age of six. By the age yeah. of yeah, yeah, like Greco Roman and all this competitive yeah, yeah. wrestling, he's got championships from England and Ireland, like in in the amateurs, and then he turned pro at the age of thirteen. Really. This yes, is like Rey Mysterio. Shoots yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. He turned at the age of thirteen, just insane. And now at the age of eighteen, he's one of the best ever out of Ireland. Wow. Yeah, I can't so, wait for that, folks. This guy is special. He's a prodigy. Like, understand the word prodigy. He's under Will Osprey's wing as well. Exactly. He's yeah. one of Will Osprey's young lions. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. He's coming. Against Finland's Victor Tukki at WrestleAid. That's man, that's a cool match, man. That, that is that is really really cool. That is freaking cool. Then we have uh, Yami Alto, the Luchador of yeah. Lapland, up against Matt Cross, who we had on the show just recently now. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, this I'm expecting big things because the thing is, Matt Cross can go all night long, man. Mm-hmm. That guy's a machine. He is. He is a machine. He's a machine, yeah, and 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 so freaking athletically gifted. But so is Yummy Alto. The thing is, th- this is Alto's biggest match to date. He's never faced anybody on the level of Matt Cross. And boy, I hope Yummy that you're training your ass off right now. I, ho- I hope you're running steps. I hope you're swimming. I hope that you're riding that bike. I hope that you're getting your cardio down. Because the thing is that Matt Cross, otherwise. Oof. He'll eat him. He'll eat anybody alive. Exactly. That's yeah. the whole thing. He'll 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 guzzle anybody unless you're unless you're 115 percent basically. Yeah, you know? that's it. So, so this is like this is a make it or break it moment for for Yami Alto out of Finland. Yeah. When he faces an internationally renowned star in Matt Cross who wrestles on Lucha Underground for uh, Netflix uh, as Son of Havoc. So yeah. And he's time. he's he's done the biggest things you know in wrestling. Basically, he's he's just this punk rock style wrestler that uh, likes to do whatever the heck he wants to do. That's and, it. Uh, he's yep. been successful, so which tells you a lot. You know, it's hard to do what you want to do in wrestling and be successful unless you're damn good. That's it. That's it. And then the seventh match and the final match of WrestleAid will feature the local boy of Rauma, Finland, Tony Tamminen, yeah. as he faces a guy that I mentioned just a bit earlier in this broadcast, a 15-year professional wrestling veteran here in Finland, Stark Adder, a master mm. of the Eastern fighting arts. This guy's been all the way to China to learn 
his different uh, fighting styles. And this guy is going to... I mean, Tony Thumminen's been around now for about three years. Yeah. You know, just on top of three years. He's got a mouth on him. He's got a big mouth, and he's got he's brash, and he's cocky, and he's and he's he's full of spunk and vinegar, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, he's never had a match on this stage either, where this is in front of his hometown now. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's right. So he's going to want to go for broke. He's going to want to, like, I hope he's also preparing like seriously for this match. I hope yeah. that he's putting in the time at the gym. I hope that he's down on that wrestling mat. I hope that he's sparring with the right people who are going to help him get better. I'm not who I'm not sure who that right person would be, but the things I I hope that like I hope he's in there with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I hope he's he's ready for the biggest match of his life cuz the biggest match of his life is June 29th in Rauma, Finland against Starkadder. And and I know because I've been in that ring with Starkadder. I lost the Finnish championship to Starkadder 2006. It was a 30 mm. minute Iron Man match, one of the greatest matches of my career. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the things I got all the the respect in the world for Starkadder. I know how, what a tough son of a uh, son of a gun he is. Yeah. And he's like a snake. It, it's he's so how could you say like so adept in these fighting arts, the the fighting styles of, yeah. of the Eastern fighting arts that he can just slither like a snake out of your grasp. Mm. You know, you think you got him in a hold or whatever, and it's like his his limbs turn to, to rubber, and he yeah, just wow. slides out, right? And it's it's amazing. Uh, well, the thing is, I took karate back in the day, so I kind of have, have an idea of how that's also, you know, like how to do it. But you got to really be able to to make your body relax in, yeah. in the heat of battle, hmm. which is like, that's an art... Yeah, yeah, in and of itself, right? Yeah. Anyway, so that's WrestleAid for you. Seven huge matches. Go to WrestleAid.fi. That's all one word, WrestleAid.fi. You'll see the entire event breakdown there with the matches that are on tap, the backstories behind them. And go to Ticketmaster Finland. That's Ticketmaster.fi. Go punch in the search field, WrestleAid. You will find the event there. Get your tickets now. There's only a couple of weeks left. Get them tickets. Get your neighbors. Get your mom, your dad, your friends, your enemies, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever you got. Bring them down to WrestleAid. It's going to be the greatest night of the summer, midsummer right here in Finland. And you, ladies and gentlemen, will be supporting through your participation in the event, the Finnish Muscular Dystrophy Association, Lihastaudilito, and you'll be assisting those with a Duchenne Muscular Dystrophy and with ALS to take part in sports like assisted wheelchair hockey and whatnot, which is a very noble cause because, as you should know, muscular dystrophy breaks down the body slowly bit by bit until you are immobile and you cannot move. So while they still can move, you want to help these folks uh, who are in this situation that they are stricken with these diseases, that they can still take part in sports. This is why Slam Wrestling Finland is hosting and is a part of Wrestle Aid. Therefore, folks, do the right thing. Buy your tickets now, Ticketmaster.fi. And we'll catch you, Dylan, next week, right? That's right. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be good. Good shizat. As it always is. Yeah. And I can't wait for this wrestling. I'm I'm really like just want to sleep until <laughs> until we get that event happening because this is just going to it's going to blow minds. Well, and this is this is literally yeah. for me. This is the like from the history books that I've seen. Mm. Really this is the biggest 
wrestling event, uh, independent wrestling event, I guess, in uh, in the whole Nordics. So it is that, that's honestly yeah. completely true. And yeah, it's 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 yeah. It's, it's not just a sales pitch. It's not just hype, folks. Yeah. Look at the names. Look at the right. So right now it's nine countries. By the way, I forgot to mention, uh, Shana from Portugal, the Queen of Southside. Ah, yeah. She had to drop out of the event because of uh, personal uh, situation in her life right now uh, that we can't go into. But anyway, she did make a statement on Slam Wrestling's social media. You can go and check it out, facebook.com/slamrest. You can see her statement there. Uh, but nonetheless, that she is unable to attend, unfortunately. So from 10 countries, we drop down to nine countries. So therefore, WrestleAid is wrestlers, top wrestlers from nine different countries worldwide, from Asia, from Latin America, or from Central America, and from Europe, all on the big show, June 29th in Rauma, Finland. Folks, get your tickets now, Ticketmaster, and we will catch you here on Shoot the Shizat next week.